I want to do a little bit in Parshas Chayisara, the, the, towards the Gavit Gamachia, and some interesting uh, insights into uh, life, I guess, Mido's uh, values. The wrong one? Sorry. So it's Per uh, Chavdal, the beginning of Chavdal. And I think it's an interesting example of a Gamachia, and uh, provides some interesting insights. Okay, so it says, Avram Zakin, Babayam. Avram is old, coming in his days. And Hashem blessed Avram with everything. Okay? Hashem blessed everything with everything. So, what does it mean with everything? Right? So, the plain shot, the Ramban says, plain shot. The Osher, and Chasim, and Kavod, and Achyamim, Babanim. So, it means he gave him wealth and property, and honor, and long life, and children, all the desires of a person. Okay? So in other words, Hashem does call, Hashem does everything. Everything means all the things that a person would want. Right? Money, servants, way land, wealth, children, right? Let's play shot. Okay. But Rashi says like this, Bakal Ola Bikamatria Bain. So Bakal, you do math two, twenty and thirty, it's fifty-two. And that's the same as Bain, fifty-two, two fifty. And then son. So he says Hashem Kal means he gave him a son. And given that he had a son, he had to go marry him off. And that's what this part shows about, right? It says he had a son and he pointed out he has to go get a girl from Benoskan and all right, from not from Benoskan, I'm sorry, from his family and all that. So he's saying that's the introduction. Hashem Razarim Makal. What's the connection? He calls with everything a son. Now he's ready to go and marry him off. Okay? Ben? Okay? Fine. So, any questions? I mean, I understand why Rashi has a question about cold. He could have just said, Barney, be Rachel Abraham. Okay. But the Bible is trying to say. He blessed with everything. Like it's, not, you know, it's like his list is a pretty long list. Ramban has Osher, Nachasim, Kavod, Aruch, Yamim, Banim. Right, Kol Chem Nasadam. Everything a person desires. So that's a big deal. I mean, it's not just you just bless them. You bless them, bless them. Right, all out in every category of desirables. But even if he hadn't said Bakol, the Ramban could still have interpreted the possibility. It's true, but still, the Torah is. It's not a question why it says Bakal if it's conveying an idea of I mean Rabban could have said that, but how would he have known that? Maybe it just means he blessed him in one thing. By saying Bakal, it shows the extent of his blessing. Mm-hmm. Right. But it wasn't anything he wasn't. Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. yeah everything, right? Kalt and Right? Yeah. Okay. Obvious questions also count. Why is Rashi saying this? Okay. Why did the Pasuk just say it if that's what it meant? Okay, good. So why did the Pasuk say, Right? Give him a son. Right? And Bakal, it's not just that why didn't it say that. Bakal sounds like it means a lot of stuff. And Ben sounds like it means one thing. So it's, it's like contradicting the Pshat. It's not just... Right? I mean, it's going against the Pshat. The Pshat does not say he gave him one thing. One great super duper thing. Then it could have said Berachas Avram. Anything it means and what? Oh, it's son. But it's Bakal. Everything. Now you're just saying is uh, it, it's like minimizing the Berachas Hashem. 
here it is, Hashem gave him all the stuff, and now she's making it, like, no, I just gave him a son. Right? I mean, it's like undermining the extent of the bracha. And third of all, or whatever number of all, what's the deal with using a gematria to do that? I mean, it's like a funny way. I mean, the Pasi says bakal. And Rashi's like, oh, what does that mean? Um, oh, well, if we add up the numbers, hey, look at that. And it ends the sun, right? I mean, it's a strange way to learn how to, to interpret a word, right? Forget the meaning of the word. Just convert the word into a number. Find something else. Gematria in general. Convert the word into a number. Take a word which is an object of meaning. Convert it into, imagine it's just a semblance, a bunch of letters. Make the letters into uh, numbers. Add up the numbers, see what you got. See if you can find another word which whose letters end up being those numbers. Figure out what that word means and then replace what your word is for the other word. I mean... You know, that's, it may sound like, uh, not, you may not notice all the steps involved in that process because people do matches all the time, but it is an odd thing to do, right? If you ever used a set of sentence and I would do that to you, I'd take your word and replace it with another word as numbers to add up to the same amount, you wouldn't like that, right? So it's a strange idea. Well, why are they doing that? Where did matches come <coughs> from? Like, where, where, where's, like, the earliest mention of matches? Like, I don't know. I mean, like, Amaram is a medrash. It's, you know, arguably it's part of the way, built into the ways of learning Torah, but I don't know. I don't know. It's not, like, listed in some way of... I think in one of the lists, it's one of the things. Like, there's a list of 36 things, there's different, one of the methods of learning Torah. But I'm just asking, like, what, you know, what's the idea? What, kind of, what is it? What's the deal? Could you just do it free-for-all? Could you just do that with any word? Is it legitimate? You know, you could. People do a lot. People do. People do it, but, you know. That also just goes to how accessible it is to find these. There are people who are good at it. Yeah. And they have programs and stuff now. It shows you how, like... Right. But it's like, yeah, but you can make it anything. I mean, you can make, you can convert things into the most terrible things. Right? It's not... You can make it into anything. You know, just go searching hard enough, then you'll find whatever you want. You know? Yeah. Okay. So let's hold up. Put these questions off till the end. Okay. So let's look later in the parsha. So it talks about Avram dying before Avram died. It says he was died like in a very satisfied state. So this is in um, this is Ramban. It's in Perak Chafhei Pasuk Chas. Okay. Chafhei Chas. Okay. So the Pasuk says, Avram. Avram expired and died with Seva Tova, with a good old age. Sated. Well, no, good old age. Zaken Usvisavea. Old and satisfied. And he was gathered to his people. He died. Okay? So what does it mean, Zaken Visavea? Old and satisfied. Rash. I mean, Ramban. Ramban. It says, Shira'a, right on the chas, you see that? Shira'a kalmashal aslibo, he saw all the desires of his heart, is sava kaltova, and he was satisfied with all goodness. Vechenu svayamim, also svayamim by Abli Yitzchak, shesava nafsho bayamim, that he is satisfied with his soul, was satisfied with his days, 
and he didn't desire that he would have renewal of days, that the new days would bring in some good things. Right? He was satisfied. He didn't have this unrealized dream, a bucket list or whatever, of stuff that he hoped if only, you know, it would come. Right? David Tova, he died with um, you know old age, satisfied in days and wealth and in honor. Okay, and this is telling us the chaser Hashem to tzadikim, and the great midah, their good midos. So it's two things. It teaches us. He's trying to say, what does it teach us? Why does it tell us? It teaches us the chaser Hashem to tzadikim, and the midah tova of tzadikim. That they don't desire extras, luxuries. It's like it's like Natalim says, Hashem gave him the desire of his heart. <coughs> okay. Not like it says by other people. Someone who loves money will not be satisfied with money. Right? The other person won't die with half of his tithes. Satisfied. Why? If he has a hundred dollars, Hundred thousand, whatever. Masayim, he desires two hundred. He gets two hundred. he desires four hundred thousand. desires money, will not be satisfied with money. So he's saying is that's the opposite of what a tzaddik is. Okay. And then, I mean, that's. Uh, I'm just going to read that till the end because there's another point, but I think it's a separate point. Hashem, Chazal say, Hashem shows Sadiqim the Schar that they can get in Olam Abba, and their soul is satisfied, and they go to sleep, they die. And they explain that's what it means by satisfied. So that's like a different different track, saying they're satisfied with Olam Abba because they see the Olam they're going to get. But I don't think that's, that's like Rabban throwing on at the end that that Chazal say that. But that doesn't seem to be his plain Pshat. Okay, so his Pshat is, he's saying, what do you mean old and satisfied? Satisfied teaches you that he didn't desire to have something new. And it's an indication of Hashem's Chesed <coughs> combined, it's a Tzadikim, combined with the Midah Tova of Tzadikim, that they don't desire extras. Right? Opposite of other people who love money. Okay? It's also opposite of what Rabban said before that on that. Yes, that's true. It's true. I mean, he had all the stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but forget about that earlier one. Yeah. So what do you think? So what's the plan shot here? I mean, it's interesting that Rabban saying it teaches you two things, right? It teaches you about Hashchas and Hashem, and it teaches you about their meetings, right? So I guess why don't we start with Amida? So what's the idea that it's teaching? Okay, just in a basic way. Realistic about their needs. Mm-hmm. See what they actually need as opposed to what they mm-hmm. what they need that they don't need. Mm-hmm. They get it, they can't be satisfied. Mm-hmm. Okay, good. Good. So I mean many people they want not what they need, they want what they desire. They have desires, they want money, they want wealth, they want this, they want that, they have all these kinds of desires. Right? These fantasies, which I tell them they want all these a whole list of things which they want. 
right? I always want something else. A certain car, a house, money, a that, a trip, a yacht, or who knows what, they go, right? There's all the whole, whole kinds of stuff. And they like moving goalposts, right? Wherever they get, they find that they're never really being satisfied, right? Because it's not, they're not really looking for something real, they're just looking for it, some something. Be great to have pleasure to have some un, unspecified goal, right? But as we're saying, that route you'll never reach it because there's no it. You're not looking for something realistic. But he's saying tzaddikim, they don't desire most of us luxuries. Luxuries are endless. They just figure out what their needs are, right? What do they need? in their life, whether it be a certain amount of money, a certain type of job, a certain type of home, a certain type, whatever the case is. I mean, each person has to understand what's their needs. And they recognize that's what they need, and they strive towards that. Now that is satiable, right? Because it's based upon reality, right? You need a certain X or whatever it is. You figure it out. You sit down, you work through what you need, what don't you need, what's their objectives in life, what, what goods are you looking for. And then you can attain those goods, and then you can be satisfied. So you could be old and satisfied because you say, look, I got my, all these different things I wanted, this, I wanted that, whatever the case is. Right? So that's possible. Yeah. So that's, um, so that's what he's saying. Is that's Amida. The person has to work on themselves because they're naturally, the desires go towards all kinds of fantasies. The person has to realize what's real what is it, what which I desire is truly real and is truly a need and is truly going to make me happy and what is just pursuing a fantasy which is not going to get me anywhere. Okay, fine. So that's their midatov, right? So what's the other thing? The chas de Hashem b'tzadikim. I think it teaches you two things. The chas de Hashem b'tzadikim and their good midah. Why is it teaching me, or in what way is it teaching me the chas de Hashem b'tzadikim? What's that additional idea? That the one where he shows them their scar? No. No? Not in the original time. It just says this, you know, they're satisfied their needs and not desiring new things. And he says, this teaches us the chesed Hashem to tzaddikim and their midah tova, that they don't desire these extras. Right? And he's somehow saying, this is plain shot of why it teaches us. Why is it telling us that he died satisfied? It's a twofold lesson. He's saying, chesed Hashem to tzaddikim and their proper midah, that they have this, you know, <coughs> not desiring these extras. I mean, maybe it just is the chasad of Hashem that a person is able to have that type of attitude and mindset in their life in general, and especially towards death when mm-hmm. a lot of emotion is, okay. you know, stirred up. Right. Like, all my life and how I live and mm-hmm. Okay. Well, why don't you say, look, that's Bechira. A person has the ability to choose to, uh, you know, get inside and to take on that attitude. I mean, I guess it's Chas Hashem. But it's like Chas Hashem Tzadikim. It sounds like that just, unless you say it just means that he made it possible for a person to have that knowledge, you mean? Yeah. Not put the person in a situation that, like, always, like, stirs up all the mm-hmm. typical feelings. Okay. <laughs> I think like maybe the needs themselves, but that's not exclusive to tzaddikim. I mean, that's 
mean, certainly that they don't get themselves, they're not find themselves in a situation where they can't get what they need so that they aren't yeah. able to function properly. Right. Yeah, okay, good. In other words, just because you have that mida, that you have realistic goals, doesn't mean that you're going to satisfy those goals. Right? You could, you could say, my goals in life are to get a, a modest amount of money that I'm able to spend time uh, learning to learn, that I have a healthy family, and that I have a home that I'm able to be comfortable in. And, you know, whatever, something like that. Okay, but you may be miserable, you may be in poverty, you may have no family, family may pass away, you may be in pain and suffering, and, right? I mean, just because you have modest goals and realistic goals doesn't mean that they're of necessity going to be satisfied, right? And it doesn't mean you're going to die a satisfied person, right? You can have very modest goals, but you can still not realize those, those goals and die in dissatisfaction that you haven't really made it even attained your realistic goals. Just because you have a good mida, that you're not desiring the infinite, and you could be satisfied if only if you get X, Y, and Z, doesn't mean you're going to get even X. Or maybe you'll get X and Y and not Z, whatever. Right? So the saying is, there's a combination here. We learn a lesson of when, the, when the Torah tells us, or the Navi tells us that he died with satisfied, satiated, you learn a lesson that, a twofold lesson. I'm, I'm starting opposite of the Ramban, but first of all, that Sadiqim have, the fact that they die satisfied means they have the capacity to be satisfied, which is Amida Tova and the Sadiqim. But even with the capacity to be satisfied, now the Hashem assists them in actually attaining that satisfaction. And so far as Sadiqim have a realistic goal, then it's Chesed Hashem that he satisfies that realistic goal. See, God can't, so to speak, can't satisfy a, a Russia because he's insatiable. Whatever he's going to give him, he's always going to want something else. So it's almost like, I mean, God changes nature if he wants, but he's not insatiable. Tzadik could be satisfied, but now it's saying it's Chesed Hashem that if a person has realistic goals, a Tzadik, then there's a Chesed Hashem that he satisfies them. He gave Avraham what he needed to be able to have a satisfied life. And Yitzhak and David. Right? Which is a big deal also. You know, and that's it sounds like I don't know to, if it applies to every single tzaddik, but that, that we know that's a mitzvah Hashem. If a person seeks endless goals, God's not going to help him. Because it's not going to work. He's not, he simply can't help him. But to the degree which a person realizes the appropriate goals, then there is a chesed Hashem to help the person in that person. At least, at least these tzaddik, again, we don't know how big the tzaddik has to be for that to happen, but that's. Midas Hashem that God does that. Okay, so far so good? Okay. <clears throat> so, um, fine. So what's the, now he adds on this thing at the end. This is, I think, on the surface, it's, it's different. It's picking up on a different point, and maybe we'll see if we can somehow pull it all together. The Bereshit Rabba says, Hashem shows Sadiqah. The schar that they are going to get in Olam Abba, and their soul is satisfied, and then they die, and they go to sleep. Okay? He says, Chachamim were somehow aroused, awakened, stirred by this question, 
And he explains saying that's what it means by their surveyor, they're satisfied, satisfied with his vision. Okay? So what's that idea? So for, for the time being, let's put aside the other shot. And let's just try to focus on what this Chazal Medrash is saying. And then afterwards we could see if we could somehow weave them together or something like that. Or see if they're arguing or together or whatever. But let's for now ignore what we said so far. Because this is on the surface of the Medrash explaining the same Pasuk. Right? It says he died old and satisfied. So what does it mean satisfied? It's saying is Hashem shows them a vision of all Baba. Right, their reward in all Baba. And then they're satisfied and they go to sleep. What's the idea? What's yeah. the... Yeah. Maybe they have some sense of like what their whole life is what's for, like the purpose of their life, and at the end of their life, they're like reviewing it all and seeing this is where it's come to, and this is what I'm going to, you know, where my energies are really going to be now because of the way I live my life. Lisa, can you talk a little louder? Yeah. Um, I was just saying, I thought it's maybe the person just reviews his life, as when he, before he dies, and he, re, he like, thinks about what the point of his life was, and now that he's dying, he thinks about what, um, you know, the, the purpose of his life, how he spent it, and how it's going to benefit him after his death. So it's a different view of his death. And I think based on what you're saying, I wouldn't necessarily separate the last point from this point. I would say, like, maybe part of the satisfaction that the person is receiving from Hashem, like the gift of the satisfaction, is that, like, he kind of, like, dies... He learns at the end of his life what the life that he lived like achieved. Mm-hmm. Like it's not you know if he did if he was just chasing after physicality and um, like narcissism and pleasure then like yeah his life would be nothing. But now he gets like the added like pleasure so to speak of the knowledge that he lived his life like you're saying he right. lived his life properly yeah. and like he yeah yeah so, like in in ter- <coughs> as far as he can have physical realization and pleasure from that knowledge, then he, he gets like the gift of that. He has a good right. life before he dies. Right. But does God have to show him in the vua right. his schar and all my body in order for it to happen? Or is that just the reflection which a person has at the end of his life that he just kind of, you know, thinks that he lived a realistic, fulfilling life? You mean like he should know? Yeah, I would think so. I mean, you should know that he lived a good life. He pursued important values. But most of the time, a person who lives that life would always be, like, um, subjugating himself to God and Mm. probably always feeling like there could be more that he could do and there's more to learn. So maybe there is, like, a part of him that's not certain, like, what it's holding. It's a good closure. Do we really know what this car of Allah Baba is? I mean, a person would would choose to do, you know, live live a life that's not pursuing time and things like that because that's a better life in here now. Do we even know what this car of Allah Baba is? It sounds like God showed them in Avua somehow, right? Are you saying an answer or a question? Right, the person. Physical world, like we can't really conceive of what that will be. Right. Okay, so you're asking a question. Uh, I wasn't. <laughs> oh, yes. I, I guess it is a question. She, you're asking on us, maybe. <coughs> I mean, it's a question on the Ramban. I mean, that's what's a little funny about the 
I thought they're satisfied because they had a good life. And they have what they want. So now you're saying all ba and oh, why it sounds like he's messing it up. Like, why are you bring all ba If they Alma is supposed to be that they have all their needs satisfied and they have realistic desire and they die happy because they realize that they lived a good life, they got what they needed. Right? Now why why does the Chazal need to bring in this idea of Alma Ba? It just seems to dilute the idea. Bringing the ultimate goal of doing good here, though, to reach like, a better place in the Well, that's a good question. I mean, in a certain sense, yes, in a certain sense, no. I mean, there is an ultimate reward for a person as Allah Ba. But, I mean, this life is valuable in its own right. You know, like, if this is the best life for us in this world, irrespective of Allah Ba. You know, but in a certain sense, yes, there's a higher existence in Allah Ba. But I guess by saying, though, <coughs> that they're satisfied, and then just tying it to al ba in a certain sense, minimizes Al-Ma'ba. But I guess you're saying, I mean, maybe that's the point, is that there is a higher... They realize... The, like, it would be worth the plus to be saying he died old and satisfied. Like, so what? He always needs taken care of. Like, that's not the ultimate purpose of his life. It doesn't mean... Yeah. You know, like, the true purpose should be what makes him satisfied. Mm-hmm. at his death. Okay. Having all your needs satisfied only helps you as long as you're alive. You know? Okay. Fine. But then, but why does, for, let me ask you like this, this is a funny way to ask it, but why does God have to show them this new law? I mean, they'll be dead in a minute and they'll say, right? Maybe it's going to help alleviate some fear of dying or help mm-hmm. the transition easier. Right. Okay. Yeah, okay, good. S, do you hear me? Okay. Yeah, that's good. Yeah. Yeah, okay. No, so, yeah, so I think what Elise is saying is good, is that if the Pasuk is saying, maybe this is what Armand is saying, is that the Pasuk is interesting. It says, Vayamas Avram, and Avram died in old age, old and happy, old and satisfied. It's funny to say he died satisfied. It's almost like describing his death. It was like a satisfied death. It's one, thing, it's one thing to say he was old and he was happy. Describing his old age. Sadiqim are happy in their old age because they realize all their needs are satisfied. I hear that. But happy in their death? Death would seem to be not exactly a happy thought. Right? At least certainly not emotionally. Right? After all, if you have a good life, you may be sad to die. Because it's good. On the contrary, someone who has a bad life might be happier to die than someone who has a bad who has a good life a good life, you enjoy life. So it's funny to say that he died satisfied. You know? It's like it's almost like the death itself, there's satisfaction associated with the death. So maybe there are the man the, the Chazal are trying to say there is a certain fear of death. There's a part of a person which emotionally wants to exist and doesn't want to cease to exist. And through God conveying them through Nevuah, their future, the Olamaba, he alleviates that fear and he makes this, the, the satisfaction about death itself. <coughs> in other words, like the process of death itself could become uh, uh, the knowledge of that you're dying could itself be satisfying because you could see in a, in a first-hand way through the Nevuah where you're headed to a better place. So it's like 
so it could be he's saying is not necessarily that the Madrash is arguing on the plain shot and the Pasuk. Plain shot and the Pasuk, he was satisfied because he, the old, old Sadiqim, satisfied, that's their midah. But the way the Pasuk describes it, that it's like in the death, they're satisfied in their death, means like, like he says, they, he showed them this knowledge and they went to sleep. They, they showed them the knowledge, were satisfied and went to sleep. It was like almost like a willing entering into death, acceptance of death, which maybe a person emotionally isn't capable of without this knowledge, without the nivah. You know? <coughs> or at least with having a knowledge of that. It does, it does remind me, I haven't read in a while, but when Socrates was dying, so his students came in to visit him in the Apology, and there's another one there, and they were all crying. And he told them, stop crying, why are you crying? And he got a hold of a dialogue about he held by Elamabah. He held that the soul is eternal, and this is no reason why when your body dies, your soul should die. And the knowledge will continue on. And therefore he was saying, there's no reason to cry. On the contrary, I'm going to a better place, and I don't know why you guys are crying. You know. So the point is, is that I think to the degree which a person know, knows of Elamabah, there could be a satisfaction in the dying itself. But short of that, if you just know that you lived a satisfying life, right? Imagine not a religious person, just not a person who just lived a good life, had realistic values, whatever, but he thinks that's the end of the line. There's going to be a certain sadness in death. Even though there's a satisfaction about life, but I would think emotionally there's going to be a sadness about death. But it could be that's what he's saying is the Chazal <coughs> are, are noticing the way the Torah expresses it. That Avram died in old age, old and happy. It's like it's old and satisfied. It's the, the death itself is what the satisfaction is attached to. So it could be that he's the Chazal are picking up. And so he says, Nisora ha Chacham Chacham were, were like aroused, were stirred up by this. And he's explaining the puzzles, and they're satisfied with this vision. You know, so again, not to the exclusion of the other things, but it's like an addition line. Why is that necessary? I'd say that's Chesed Hashem. It's not necessary to show it to them. Look, they're going to have it when they die in a second. But it's Chesed Hashem that the, even the experience of death is not, is not painful. Whereas they lived a life which really puts them in a position that they can be satisfied. But now their emotional nature is such that they're going to be have a stress and a conflict about the death itself. So it could be that's what it's saying, is that through the knowledge, God eases that transition. And it could be at the highest level. I wonder if at the highest level, that's part of, I don't know, I'm not sure, but they know Chazal say that Moshe and Aaron and Miriam died by Nishika. It was like a kiss. It was almost like, I don't know, it seems like some sort of pleasant. Maybe it's the highest level of knowledge that you have of this. It's just a, even more so, of a, you know, enjoyable experience, if you will. I'm not sure, you know. But there is like the experience of death is depicted in you know is like the highest level people end up having you know this unique type of a death. Could be the degree of your knowledge ends up making that transition that much you know smoother. I can't hear you. Try again.
time. Your voice is like going up. I don't know. The saxophone maybe is messed up. Try one more time. I'm sorry. Can I hear? Yes. Right. Yeah, I would think that's true. So yeah, if someone says that, or you're just uh, you're saying that it would make sense. Um, yeah. Okay. Yeah, it makes sense. And the higher, the closer to death you are, the higher level of nivu. I would think so. So you're more removed from the physical, more involved in the world of ideas. That seems reasonable. I mean, it's just based on other feedback, but I didn't hear you. Yeah. Okay. Good. <coughs> okay. So good. So let's go back now to the beginning. Okay. So it says, Hashem berachas Avram Bakal. Right, Avram was old. This is before he died, but this is in, uh, in the beginning there, right? So it's in the beginning of Parak Chav Dalad. It says, Avram was old. Right? Hashem, Avram Zagubabayim, Hashem berachas Avram Bakal. Hashem bless Avram with everything. My question was, was Bakal? So Ramban says it means all the stuff, right? Well, think kids and property and Avadim and all that. Rashi says, it means Bakal is a Gamachia, is 52, is Ben, a son, so it means he blessed him with the son. Right? So the question was, but you're taking it out of Flame Shot. Flame Shot means he blessed him with everything, and now you're just saying it's one thing. And secondly, why using Gamachia for that? And what's the whole sense of Gamachia, of using numbers, changing words into numbers, right? Okay. So what do we say? Okay, so I was thinking like this. It's a related point, maybe not exactly the same as Ramban, but see, it's it's interesting to say Bakal. Hashem blessed him with everything. Right? Everything is a big word. Okay? So like the they like to say it's like if you go into a person and say, I'll give you everything. Everything you want. Okay? Just make a list. Right? So your average person, I think, would have a hard time completing that list, right? Because, like, that thing, oh, if Kassaf is by Kassaf, and I don't think it would come a point where a person is going to say, I have everything, because there's always a fantasy of more and of more and of more and of more and more, and make a list, and they say, oh, there's something else, oh, is that, is that everything? I don't know, one second, no, no, no. one second, let me change that number a little bit. Oh, okay. and even if you, even if you satisfy the list, you give them it all, and they say, oh, no, 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 no more, right? So it's like the idea of a person saying, in fact, it is later in, the, in Parshas, Parsha, when, when Avraham and Yaakov and Esav met, I think um, Yaakov says, I, like, I have everything. And Esav says, I have a lot. He doesn't say everything. You know, Yeshli Rav, I have a lot. I think Pini Rosen was showing that. Is that something he have a lot? 
So a lot, yes. All, all is not ordinarily attainable because the person is never going to be satisfied and say, I've got all. Okay? But there's one way to have all, which is, as Ramban says in the end of the Varsha, if a person has realistic desires, if a person truly analyzes what's important in life and what they really need to attain their goal, so then they could have a call. It's possible to have a call. Okay, because their desires are based upon reality, upon what's truly a need of theirs. Okay? Now, it could be that, that being the case, for a person, for Avram, yes, it's true he had all the stuff. Hashem did give him all these things. But what is a person like Avram value, ultimately? He wanted to be the progenitor of a nation. He discovered the ideas of HaKadosh Baruch Hu, and he wanted to pass those ideas down to the next generation, and that was what made him tick, was to be able to internalize the ideas of Yitzhak Hashem, which he attained, and to set up a world which is uh, built around those ideas. That was his goal. What does he need money for? <clears throat> Ultimately, to be able to people to respect him, to be able to come and listen to his ideas, and all those things. It was all a means to be able to be involved in Kiddush Hashem. And he knew that he could not do that without a son. That was his assessment. That was why he davened Hashem. He says this, uh, you know, my, my leader of my house, my Yerusha, is going to go to Eliezer, who's an Eved, and it's not going to work. He determined that it's not going to work. And a son, Yitzchak, was, for him, that was really Bakal. Okay, and was... For him, his only real desire in life, which he truly needed, was a son. That was the one, so to speak, acquisition that he needed <coughs> to satisfy his life's mission. Okay, because that's ultimately, he's, he knows he's going to die. So as much as he could do in this world, the one thing he needs in this world is a son who's going to be able to enable him to be able to realize his objective of uh, passing down the knowledge to the future. Right? Ah, so for Avraham, Bakal really was banned. Okay, it's he had other stuff. Shot is, of course, Hashem gave him all those things, but those things were all uh, enabling him to to influence other people, so that people looked at him and respected him and all that. But in terms of him, ultimately, <coughs> what he needed was a son. And he had that, and that's why he was about to embark upon the mission of making sure that son is going to be able to continue in building Klaishra. That's why he, that's what Ramashi says, you know, I have to find him a wife, because that's what my son is, uh, I have to enable him to be able to, uh, to realize this objective of, of raising a family and to bring, you know, bring back Klaishra. Ah, so now what's the deal with using Gamatria? So, Perhaps you could say like this, and I don't know if you could do this with every gematria, but see, bakol is a word which has a meaning, but its meaning in plain human terms is really infinite. It's not it's not fi- a finite word. For a normal person, bakol has an infinite implication. Okay, it will never be satisfied. But for Avram, bakol is finite. It could be numbered. As you could quantify Bakal. 52, a band. What so it's doing is, it's basically by using Gamachia, it's in converting it into a quantity. What it's conveying is, 
is that a term which has an infinite implication based upon the type of a person, based upon a person's fantasies, for Avraham is really finite. And by using, by taking the word and converting it into a number, you convey, it's in line, it's the proper vehicle of conveying this idea. I mean, because that's very content of the idea, is that this term which has the infinite implication for because of Avraham's value system, it really is finite. So it could be that it's valuable to you. To, it's like the, the using Gamachio is not just a way of saying Bain. That is the main idea that he's saying that's what it is. But it's like specifically the method of using quantity for that is in line with the very idea which is trying to teach. You know? So, you know, again, I don't know if you do have every Gamachio which is brought down in Chazal, but I mean, you don't have millions of Gamachios brought down in Chazal. I think it was one other time I had some sort of shot like that. But, you know, in this case, it seems like it's very much in line with the, uh, you know. <laughs> yeah, I had this idea many years ago. I used to say this to our Torah, it's like, uh, you know. But uh, I don't know if I've been able to replicate it on, <laughs> on the Argamach shows. It was one of the time I did, but. This is very math. Yeah, yeah. Math head. <laughs> <laughs> it's good, yeah. but it's interesting. Yeah, it's interesting, right? Yeah, I know it was all that. Yeah, that's what I think. I, that's what I thought is uh, that was my that's my theory. Because again, I haven't tested it much, but that well, well, two things. First, I think this is the one thing. One thing is that when you see a gematria, I think the main thing, which I think is universal, is that it's trying to convey an idea. It's, it's saying that the word has a plain meaning, but there's a deeper meaning or an additional meaning which you could imply by using, by converting it into another. It's not just randomly take a word, break it into numbers or whatever. It means there's another, like most Mad Midrashim, there's a further depth to the idea which is beyond just the plain shot, which is conveyed in the parallel Gemachio thing. Right? It's bringing to mind, it's a way of Chazal to teach you additional ideas. And using the number, it's like a way of referencing a further idea. Now, I'm not sure if it means the Torah wrote it that way on purpose. Or Chazal want to teach you an idea, and it's a way of hooking, of teaching you their idea, and a way you'll remember it, or whatever. So that's what, first of all, is the main thing I would think is if you see much, you just figure out Chazal saying the match, it must be there's a concept. They're not just telling you a cute number game, it must be there's a concept which they're trying to convey. But secondly, I would think, that's, what I, that's my theory, is that see if it's reason, if there's a reason, I don't know if it's always true, why specifically using a number, a quantity, is appropriate in this area. If it's trying to bring out some sort of a quantitative dimension, certain ideas, certain ideas depend upon quantities. So maybe if you take, like, it seems to me that's what Camacho is doing, is at least taking a qualitative a word, which is a concept, the entity of meaning, and it's converting it into a number, quantity. So maybe that's like, at least in this case, that's what it's doing. It's taking like a qualitative, infinite idea of everything and it's making it finite and making a number of it. <coughs> so, that's the... I have a weird question. I'm not sure I can phrase it. Like, what came first? The reality or the presence of the gematria, meaning Bane matching alphanumerically right. with a coal, or... Yeah, I don't and know. And then, like, we're applying this thought and saying that the mechanism works here, or are we saying that there is this mechanism... I mean, I don't know. That's the question. Is is it like built into the Torah? 
or into the words that these words work out, or is it just Chazal saw a good way to convey this idea using the number? I don't know. That's like that seems already to seems to be a lot to say that Chazal could come up with it, come up with it, and come up with a mechanism that would express yeah. that could also have an expression of the uh, the quantity of the essence of I'm not saying right, right but like. Yeah, right. It's kind of giving Chazal the credit for right. just yeah. finding the connection, and then also... Right, and there could be a Masora. I mean, maybe that's part of the... Uh, I mean, it's a Medrash. It could be as part of Masora. I'm seeing that that's, you know, I mean, I don't know. So, I don't know. It's a hard question. It's a hard question. I'm not sure. Very cool. Yeah. All right, any questions there on the phone? Comments? Another example of a gematria in a Rashi is in Bereshis, Parakiyotas Pasachaf, where the, the, the Torah is talking about how Sodom was being destroyed, and Lot asked the Malachim to save Tzoar. He said, Imalta Nashama, let us please run there. So Rashi says that Sidon was populated f- for 52 years since the Dahaflaga, but Soar was populated later. It was only populated for 51 years. And uh, the Gematria of Na, Himalta Na, Nun Aleph is 51. So it's a reference to the fact that it dwelled there for a year less, and therefore it had less Averas, and therefore you could um, leave it alone. So perhaps, again, you could say that the idea is, is teaching us is is uh, is important and it's related to the idea of Gamachio, which is that it's saying is that even though you might think that evil is evil, and both cities, the cities of Sodom and so are all evil, so evil has to be destroyed, but it's showing you is that evil is not just black and white, but there's quantity involved in evil. So Tsoar, while it's true it's evil and it deserves to be destroyed, it's not as bad as the other cities. Quantitatively it's a little bit less. And quantity is part of Hashem's din. Hashem's din doesn't just say bad or good, but it factors in quantity. So therefore it's saying is that Soar was evil, but less evil, and therefore, based on, uh, on uh, Lot's petition, Hashem ended, up, uh, Hashem ended up saving it. But it could be Rashi using the idea of Gematria, again, is showing, bringing out the quantitative aspect of Midas Hashem, of, the, of Hashem's uh, Mishpat. So again... It's teaching us an idea, but the fact is that by using gematria, it brings out, it points to something which you might think is purely like a qualitative thing. It's bringing out the quantitative dimension. So um, perhaps we could keep an eye on that, on different gematrias that Rashi brings up, and see if a similar shot could be uh, could be said in those.